As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's episode of Glue Guys, Mm -hmm. the Nets, are they good? How good are they? We will dissect that very question on today's episode right here. On the Glue Guys wow. podcast. Coming right up. Here we go. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself behind the paywall at TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys. Uh, subsidiary of the New York Times. Ryan. Michael. The Nets yeah. are winning basketball. Actually, I do have the drop, and I can do it, and do it's it. right. The Nets are back. Um, nice. <laughs> oh, we're making radio here. We're making uh, media. The Nets, we are podcasting on a Monday at 12.08 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the best of all the standard times. The only standard time. And the Nets have won a game, and they continue to beat the mm. Portland Trail Blazers, beat up on little baby Portland. Yeah. Um, hot takes, Brian. We're, we're going to talk about that game specifically, and also there's... I just want to temperature check on some of the guys on this team and see how we're feeling about that. Yeah, this is just going to be a loose, hey, just like two guys, you know, imagine us at uh, your local watering hole, um, you know, just talking yeah. shop. Because um, usually we're such a we are tightly tight. wound we machine, tight on now schedule, we're loosey-goosey. Like a Swiss train. Um, yeah, I mean, we've had some ups and downs uh, these last couple the games, Swiss Mike. Train. <laughs> you know, just tight, just on a schedule, um, like a Swiss train. Um the la- last night's game was interesting, though. I will say the 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 Blazers get the Indiana game was not that interesting. I don't know, like I can't. Well, really... it was interesting because they sucked. Yeah, at the end, I tried the to. Nets did I? And, and we always suck for the same reason too. It's it's uh it's the hero right, ball into <laughs> into the void. Um, but last night's game was interesting. It started off interesting. First, can I say, um, you know, the pyrotechnics up front from Ben Simmons is a good strategy moving forward. Like, you know, his first mm-hmm. quarter play has been through the roof. It it, tri- it falls off a little bit, but um, there it's was some, the same pattern. Yeah. It's, it's the pyrotechnics at the start. People tweet, 
is Ben back? Yeah. And then we don't have to worry about it for the rest of the game because then he disappears, it's which is ke- great. It's a Kevin Fantastic. Hart stand-up special, you know, just flying into the stage. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what is that? so mean. And then just Peter's up. Kevin Hart's no, no, he's good. Um, uh, I'm just kidding because he's the only like. Sorry, it's not Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> he's the only stand-up that does pyrotechnics like that. Anyways, um, that's a, that's an aside. We get roasted for doing asides like that in the in the reviews, Mike. So no Do more we? of those. Yeah, well, occasionally for the for people who are not going to be long term fans. Anyways, um, I still have not seen Frozen Two. Yeah, okay, and it's not true. Like everyone knows you're lying. Uh, <laughs> ben Simmons starts off the game with what what I actually think is one of the best meta fakes of all time. He does he does this twice in a row, and it was amazing because people now I think are expecting him to be disengaged and do drop off passes to start every offensive possession, and twice. He faked the lazy drop-off pass, picked back, he picked his dribble back up, and went right to the rim. Like So now he's playing into the perception that he, you're making a, a, a face that I can't really describe. The What, what is the well, expression you're giving me? Well, I, I'm, well, first, Eddie Gonzalez tweeted out, I, I apologize. This, I don't want you to be derailed. I, I didn't mean to derail you. No, you had, a, you had an emergency tweet-looking kind of face, so you know, I'm here for it. Well, he tweeted out, kids aren't that expensive if you care and are like a functioning adult. Daycare can get wicked, though, which is like, what's happening? Kids are obscenely expensive. But Jerry Sai on Twitter tweeted out this really good video, okay? Kyrie Irving receives a play from Jacques Vaughn but does an audible and asks for a pick from Ben Simmons. And then Jacques immediately calls a timeout. JV and Kyrie clearly frustrated with play calling and communication. Yeah, well, I was going to say that here's my second point to this. There yes. was an. Can you hear it? Yeah, a little bit. It's a little Sorry. bit low. What, what was that? You're pulling up the clip? Yeah, we don't need to hear it, but yeah. Um, the Swiss train is. We're, we've derailed the train. Um, I know. It's all my fault, too. But uh, there was a point, too, right before that where. So we were watching, you know, the, the game on the stream from the Discord. And if you're not, you know, part of the Discord, you don't know what I'm talking about. So I don't know what to tell you at this point. You've been listening to the show, you've been dropping the link, and you haven't been, you know, joining the Discord. So I don't know what to tell you. But uh, we were watching the game and we we're talking about, like, you know, it's. It's fun when we win, but if we're going to lose, I'd rather watch Edmund Sumner in a loss than Kyrie Irving in a loss. And that's a hot take. I know that that's a hot take, Holy but it's, shit. it's fun to watch Edmund Sumner like do things. Anyways, so we were watching the first quarter of uh, Kyrie Irving, and KD got like visibly pissed off at Kyrie for not wrote. So KD does a baseline, um, dragging his defender into the corner, baseline cut, and Kyrie not spacing, doesn't doesn't read and react, and KD does a pretty forceful, like, rotate, you, you, you jerk, rotate. And then after that, that's when Kyrie calls a play for himself, like, literally next possession, and then he gets, we were talking in the, in the chat, being like, the, uh, people are kind of frustrated with this guy. I wonder if he's going to get yanked, and boom, yanked. Edmund Sumner comes up, and Edmund Sumner right away starts just kind of like pushing the pace and doing interesting things. Edmund Sumner, savvy, knows what he's doing, playing chestnut checkers, knows that the difference between him and Kyrie is his ability to just like, you know, <laughs> just, just... I think this has given Eddie Sums a little too much credit here. So there's a big difference between him and Kyrie. Don't get me wrong. But one of the, the only things that he can do right now is like just risk it all and just make like, you know, kind yes. of play at a breakneck pace. Kyrie um, doesn't need to do that at this point in his career. Edmund Sumner 1000% does. Anyways... Maybe that was too hot of a take, but like, if we're gonna lose games, like, I kind of want to watch young guys like come up through the ranks rather than like, you know, losing these hero ball games to to you know Indiana. Like that that for me feels lame. Um, well, here's my question to you: yeah. Is what 
So Jacques Vaughn calling a play, Kyrie disregarding that play, Jacques Vaughn calls timeout, is frustrated. Is that coaching going to have an effect on Kyrie in a positive sense, do you think? Is Kyrie capable of – because I will say this. So Kevin Durant is having an MVP-type season, and yeah. we just like – no one really wants to talk about it because this Nets team is so ridiculous and that he wanted Steve Nash fired, and typically guys who get coaches fired don't win MVPs the same season that it happens. But he is – I have been completely impressed by how bought in he has been. Mm-hmm. I think he is so – deeply bought in right now it could change but right now to this team ethic it's been very impressive um Kyrie because of his suspension I I will give him the benefit of the doubt because he missed out on all the fun right and he's he has to go to the party late the party's been already like it's been a good time we already played laser tag the cake's been cut and he's shown up and like, there's still some dessert laying out there, but everyone's kind of already had their stories. You know, we, everyone kind of bonded and had their stories. It's it's the kid freshman year who comes in second semester, mm. as opposed to first semester on the dorm, right? Okay. Um, so he's missed out on all the fun. So my question is, as my dog climbs up straight up on my lap, Ooh. can Kyrie be coached into the team ethic that Jacques Vaughn is trying to create? And and this is why I think the the detail of KD like kind of forcefully waving. Kyrie like annoyed into into the corner yeah. like after he do makes your that job. Yeah. KD is the only person that that's that where he. I really do think that that's it has to be led by example and or actually just being like dressed down by a player who's having a, a, a great season and is one of the best of all time and is going to have the ability to dress you down um, as as a person who plays by example. Does KD have it in him to to do the dressing down? Um, Saw the beginnings of it, you know, I think like once, you know, if we get to to trade deadline time and we're still like just in 500 land, like on pace for playing, you know, style, like repeating all of last year all over again, um, that's going to we're going to hit an inflection point. Mike, do you think this team's a 500 basketball team? No, I didn't like the, you know, we, we talked about this like uh, kind of clumsily last week um, or the week before. Um, there's a lot to like, if you dig into the, to the analytics and we, we talk- kind of talked about it clumsily. Like. Oh, I did. I should say um, there's a lot in the, <laughs> in the analytics that uh, suggests that we are playing um, our win total is, is less than what a lot of the data suggests we should be at. There is some like, yes. there is some stuff in there that, that suggests that why that's that that's the case. I mean, I have my own sort of pet theory. It's not a great one, but it's about like Trot it know, out. E- execution time. Last six minutes of a game. We, completely lose all sense of identity and oftentimes defer to what we've all we, we call dueling banjos um that's the pacers game that's the pacers game that's exactly the pacers game and it seems like it's like really um it's very predictable at this point and i don't know how we can like how you can rest you know both Kyrie and kd frankly because kd you know even himself kind of tapped himself was like hey i kind of blew it because i was taking a lot of my own shots here got a little bit tunnel vision on on winning this game and maybe put us out of it love that love taking a little responsibility um you know i you know kd is the guy you want to be doing that at you know in the first place so i don't have like a ton of issue with it but when it's not working how do you like hit the eject button on that strategy faster than what we're doing i guess is is the plan does Kyrie deserve a banjo if we're going to duel banjos, does, does he deserve to even have the banjo? Uh, here's some just statistics for Kyrie, just yeah. so we're all aware of what's happening. 25 points per game, great. Four assists, fine, on two turnovers. So, like, not that efficient in terms of <laughs> ball handling when he isn't scoring. Four rebounds. I mean, he's not a rebounder, so who gives a shit? But 
He's shooting 60%, 61% from two-point shots, mm-hmm. which is incredible. And he's not a guy who ultimately gets to the bucket in like the Shea Gilders Alexander, John Morant way, right? Like we all right. know how Kyrie plays. He gets to the free throw line four times a game. So not that great, but not, you know, minuscule. Uh, shooting, But he's shooting 32% from three on nine attempts a game. Shooting nine three-point attempts a game, 32%. That's like... So that's veering into territory of like, you're really hurting the team from three. Mm-hmm. 32% is like, okay. Yeah. You know, but that's sub-league average shooting the ball. I mean, who else? I guarantee he's top 10 three-point attempts per game if he's shooting about nine a game. Yeah. Um. So like there's an element of Kyrie where he obviously helps. He's better than Eddie Sums. He's better than that. He's. I wanted to Brian, let me. Let me okay. No, no, no. Don't do it, Mike. Don't do it. You're like one look. of those, one of those quarter zip guys hanging out with Sean Marks, <laughs> looking at your iPad <laughs> the, Pros, the Chase Bank summer intern. And you're like, group. hey, look at this. Edmund Sumner is better than Kyrie. If no, you look at these things. I, I want to caveat this, which is just to say that, like, um, you know, when we're losing, you know, there, there, I. I'm a Nets fan, Mike. I was born oh, into this. I'm a Wizards okay? fan. Mike is a Wizards <laughs> fan, so he doesn't get it. Can, can we, we, we clarify this meme all the time. I still see it out there in the wild. Mike doesn't watch the Wizards. But anyways. Uh, I honestly do, I, I don't. <laughs> it's, I, it's, I, I, I don't the care. The meme has taken on, it's, the story has taken a life of its own, but Mike doesn't watch the Wizards. Anyways, uh, yeah. I'm a Nets fan, and when, you know, when I, when I, I, I I was born in the cauldron of like, we're working on things. We're building up players. We're, uh, we're trying to scrape the bottom of the barrel, you know, get, get bargains off the waiver pile, um, wire. And we're trying to, <laughs> Josh Boone. Yeah. Josh Boone. Give me Marcus some Josh Williams. Boone. And so I'm used to deferring to like, Oh, we're going to start losing Roll now. Clear. Everything, Ben ship, everything is going to be a disaster. Let's, let's start, um, bolstering our young talent because we're entering uh, a nuclear winter many minutes and like (laughs) squint and hope (laughs) yes so just know that i come from that place and obviously Kyrie is a spectacular player super fun to watch but um you know if we're still hovering around 500 like i don't have ready-made like answers for like we win a game we lose a game a lot of these are against undermanned teams it's kind of hard to predict how good we ultimately are there's data all over the place to suggest we're better than we are i don't know what to make of it all mike it's kind of a confusing season so far yeah, it, it, it's a very confusing season because so the Nets right now are ten and eleven. If they had if they had been the Pacers, and it's like you could do this for every game. Like they were ultimately in control of that Pacers game at some point, and then just completely pooped all over themselves. Just uh, just diarrhea. Diarrhea. It was disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they had won that game, they would be eleven and ten. The the Pacers right now, the Pacers, the Hawks, and the Seventy Sixers. The four, five, and six seeds all have 11 wins. The Nets have 10 wins. The Nets are the 10 seed right now, tied with Miami, 9 and 10. The Wizards have 10 wins. The Raptors have 10 wins. I mean, this is like, the Nets are a runaway from going up and suddenly being like the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference in terms of standings. When you look at this, when you do look at the statistics and you look at like just a simple one, like your points per game versus opponent's points per game, the Nets have a positive differential, though it's only 0.4 per game. Uh, but like, if you go on up, like, it's not all that different from really anyone else above them. This is an extremely tight Eastern Conference mm-hmm. middle. It's a cushy middle. Yeah. Um, and the Nets have this: how many games in a row at home? Seven 
They've already played one at home against Portland. They play tonight against the Magic. I think they still have five or four or five more at home. <laughs> they play the Celtics within that run. They play the Hawks. Obviously, incredibly tough games. The Celtics are the best team in the NBA right now by miles. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I watched that Celtics-Dallas game, and I was like, oh, the Celtics are actually super good. Like, it's going to be. They're super they're good. They're super good. And they do the thing that really good teams do, which is that they get that 10-point lead, and they just don't waver on it. It just stays there. You can't get rid of them. It's kind of incredible to see a team. Obviously, they wanted that like that run last year to go to the finals, and but yet everyone had all this criticism for Tatum for not living up to the moment. And then he's just been like, you know, f you guys. I'm gonna, yeah. We're going to be the most. Do- we don't care that our coach is gone. Yeah. We're just be so dominant. I mean, they are insanely good. But the Nets have an opportunity to put some wins together and get up the standings. But right now, they have the feel of a 500 team. Um, if you go on cleaning the glass, they do like a projected win total off of actual games played so far. And then it's like a 44 win team, which is basically 500. Yeah. What's, what are the things that are going to shift? It's Kyrie playing better. It's Ben playing better. Well, I would even say like Joe Harris not being a debacle. And Kyrie started to like, you know, maybe the Jacques Vaughn yoinking in the first quarter there did kind of resonate because I saw him taking off. Uh, you know, he, he was taking like Royce O'Neal was setting up threes for him. And that's not something that we often see. He was just taking, you know, stationary threes in the corner. And I love that. And I some of them were going hard. Yeah. You know, any, any guard like him or Cam Thomas, who could take a, a, a set shot three off of some other creator is going, that's, you know, that's my stuffing with sausage. Yeah. You know? And there was a great moment too, where um, Kyrie gives like two of like just two thumbs up to Royce O'Neal after the pass. It was like, you know, it was, it was one of those things where it was like, um, I don't know, is it is it is that what he wants to be doing? I don't know, but it's what we need. It's what we need, Mike. Um, does it feel good because it went in, or is it the hero we want or the hero we need? Right. You know? um, so if, if Kyrie can like, if if we can get those guys to play to play ball together and do all the right things. I think it's like a way better than 500 team, but uh, we keep like, ref- like just falling back into bad habits. And I don't know if that's a coaching thing or, I mean, like the thing is like, how do you, how do you tell Kevin Durant to like not do Kevin Durant things in the last six minutes of a game? Like, how do you make, and then like by proxy, if Kevin Durant's going to do it, Kyrie's like, Hey, I-, I can do that too in my own way. And I'll do that. And it just kind of trickles down from there. So maybe it's just a Kevin Durant conversation. I don't want to like place blame. Also, there's huge problems with people like Joe Harris who, who have like become. Wait, wait, wait. Let me get this right. This was all to, to criticize MVP Kevin Durant. Is that what this whole conversation well, here, was about, Brian? No, no, no. Here's what I'm trying to like circle the square on. Like we are playing better than our win total suggests. There, it's about timing, right? Something is happening where for the vast majority, we're playing above a certain level. And then right when it actually matters, when a win or a loss is decided in the last like five or six minutes of a game, something's changing. And if we just adjust for that situation and continue on our winning, you know, quantifiable winning ways, then um, then that should track into win loss totals is my thinking I, that's my only way to explain it because otherwise then we're just like a random i don't know it's 500 we just you know flip a coin we're out there yeah i mean the, the this team is we're gonna take a break in a sec okay. coming back we're gonna talk so much more but this team is of course incredibly interesting it's a petri dish of basketball because they're playing 500 ball they they lose some games that they should win and they're winning some games that you know it's like eh, it's a little shaky or whatever the but they have this ceiling. Kyrie, since he's come back, he's played five games, I think, since he's been back in the lineup. He's averaging 22 points per game, 
three assists, three. He his usage is significantly down from what it was before, and he is shooting a little bit fewer threes and at a better percentage. The that's why I think it's so crucial that Jock Vaughn moment mm. when he pulls him out of the game. It's like, you know, and I don't want to rag on Kyrie too much because ultimately he's really, really good at basketball. And it's not like like him changing shouldn't be the thing that's going to make this team that different. It's not like he like we still want Kyrie to cook a little bit. You know, we still want him to put out some dishes. Yeah. But I want him to be within the overall ethic of the kitchen a little bit more. Well, I think that's important because this team had a little magic going on when he was out. His numbers have always been good. And it's just about like, how do you translate that into impacting wins? I guess. I mean, like, like how do we create a more, a strong causal trend there? Like I have no problem with Kevin Durant. I just want, I know Durant listens to this pod, and I just want him to know that I'm on his side, and that Brian is absolutely. Oh my God, look at you kissing it ass! You got a little something him. on your nose, Mike. Can you well, brush it off? After I freaking bodied Eddie Gonzalez with the anti-Semitic <laughs> tweet feel, stuff, feel, I think you feel like you need I think to do I'm some... angling to be the Etcetera's co-host oh, now. Oh. That, that Gonzalez has been absolutely bodied, wow. like no one ever. The grand plan Coming revealed. Back, we're going to talk about that and much more. We're going to talk about really the role players on this team. Okay. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And we're back. Brian, interesting things are happening. Oh. Okay. Yuta Watanabe is trending towards returning. Shams is reporting that TJ Warren is targeting a debut this Friday against the Raptors at home for your Brooklyn Nets, yep. not mine, but yours. Okay, so the role players that the that were promised on this team that have emerged that were promised are all basically in place. Seth Curry had, I mean, his best game as a Net what was he scored twenty nine points, twenty nine, like electric, electric. Um, I think I think Royce O'Neal. I you know there was a debate again this weekend about Royce O'Neal versus Bruce Brown. And I don't want to go too deeply into it. The Nets could have actually had both if they wanted to. They could have had everyone if Josiah was willing to pay the money, but he okay. didn't want to. Understandable. I get it. It's a lot of money. Um, Bruce, just for everyone who knows, Bruce Brown, if they had got him back on like a mid-level exception level contract, 
he would have cost the team like twenty million dollars, not six or whatever. You know, it's blah blah blah. Who cares? Mm-hmm. There's one particular role player I want to talk about right now. Okay. Joseph Jebediah Harris. Yeesh. How are we supposed to feel about uh, Joey Threes right now? Because here's here's what I will say. While Yuta and TJ Warren are more bigger wings, Yuta's more of a four, and TJ Warren is more of a a true wing, and Joe is like closer to a two than a three. Those are guys who are going to be scooping up those wing minutes that Joe Harris may not deserve to have at the moment. Yeah. How do you feel? Um, a couple of ways to think about this. One is the meme way, which I'll start with. Um, you know, Please. Joe Harris typically goes through dry spells, you know, and if, and if we're timing a dry spell, you know, doing it in the beginning of the season rather than at the end of the season, provided we're in the playoffs and everything, you know, if, everything's hunky dory and, and we've coasted into like a three to six spot or something, which actually let's say three to five, because if we're in the six seeds, things are still not super great. Um, but anyways, say, say that that happens and you know, we've timed it so that his, his now he's back on track to being Joe Harris. That's, that's the optimistic version. The other version is like, I don't love that he's been made into this, like this kind of like fan project thing. Like when he hit his one out of six last night uh, and it was like, you know, it was a four point play. So there was like a particular mojo around it. Um, I'm just worried that he, like, you can just hear the self doubt, like ringing through. If he was mic'd up, Mike, you could hear his head, the voices in his head screaming for help. And, um, that's not where you want to be. Is that Lucy? Georgie, Georgie, Lucy. I don't, I don't remember. Brian, I don't remember people's pets' names. I'm sorry. Georgie has laid on you <laughs> thousands of times. You, you were part of Georgie's meant, life early on. I really meant negligent. to say. I really meant to say Georgie. Um, that so yeah, and like here's the thing is like there's this looming concern of like the persistent ankle injury. Somebody Matt Brooks maybe should go do like a you know a quick little one minute side by side comparison to see if there's any change in his shot mechanics, his lift, or I don't know. Because what like what if he's shooting like Sean Marion now? We just never <laughs> yeah. realized it, and then like Matt Brooks yeah. exposes yeah. that. Um, but so there's the other like I don't know the part that nobody can really say which is like is he like forever going to be dealing with like a altered shot because of his really complicated angle injury I don't want to put that even I don't even start manifesting that narrative Mike because we we would like for him to play better because he's making a good amount of money now and um, you don't want him to be damaged goods that's that's sad for everybody involved yeah I mean so here's the thing if you look at his I mean I it's hard for me to believe that an ankle injury is this drastically life-changing to his ability to play basketball. But he, I don't know, he's shooting like 32% from three this year. Kyrie numbers. It's few and far between from him actually being um, like a really good, having a really strong impact on the game versus, because, you know, I I think there's things that Joe does and we've talked about this, particularly this year, he's kind of gone back to driving to the hoop and, there's things that he does well that don't really get noticed, but if he's not hitting 45% from three, there's just a bunch of other guys on this team that deserve to play more. Yeah. You know, like Patty Mills barely ever plays and I'm okay. I'm okay with where Patty is on the spectrum. Like I like his veteran presence, but I don't mm-hmm. really need to play more. Seth Curry playing better is a big deal it's for huge. this team. Yuta Watanabe being the best three-point shooter in the NBA. And here's the thing, too. <laughs> you like, inserting him in the Joe Harris minutes is actually pretty slick because Yuta's way faster laterally than 
you would expect for a guy who's six, nine and a little bit exercise, a little bit more rim protection. There's a lot he does that Joe Harris can't do at the moment. And it's, you know, TJ Warren also waiting in the wings, but I think like if we're going to go like, we're such a bad rebounding team as it is like, I don't know, maybe get a little bit bigger instead. And, and like Yuta and Royce O'Neal both being out there. And he, the interesting thing about Royce O'Neal this year is that he is shooting really well from three, 43% on about six attempts per game. He's shooting horribly inside the three-point arc, 35%, just inside the three-point arc, which is like he's only, you know, he's only doing 3.3 attempts per game inside. And I'm wondering why I really need to look at a shot chart to see what's going on there. I, I would expect, I mean, just, and this is just based off memory and optics, like a lot of that's kind of like off broken plays, putbacks, stuff like that. Like it's, yeah, that's it's not really a ton of just like him doing mid-range jumpers. But he, Royce is... If you align your defense with when Yuta's out there and Royce O'Neal's out there, and either it's Claxton or Simmons, and KD's out there, so then it's like, okay, Ky- is Kyrie getting those minutes? Is it Seth Curry as like the other smaller guard? Yuta and Royce are just little havoc wreckers, and as sort of underappreciated as Joe can be defensively, he's still ultimately a guy. He's a body. Is you know, it's not potato sack defense, but no. it's basically, um, you know. It's sweet potato defense. Nice. It's, it's a it's a little lumpier, a, a little better for you. Actually, did you know sweet potato and white potato? There's really no difference. <coughs> Bless you. Uh, sweet you, potato and white potato is what you said. White potato. Yeah, you know, like, like an Idaho, like potato. an Idaho potato, like an Idaho potato. Yeah. <laughs> really, there's no difference. People think sweet potato is like significantly better for you. Uh, really, no difference. It's just okay. different things. They do different things for you. Okay. Um. I'm just trying to give all potatoes the love that they deserve. I'm a I big, love that. Big potato. Super inclusive. Big, I'm into the spuds. Anyways, um, I think there is a world. I don't think Joe Harris goes out of the rotation. He's going to shoot better. But I wonder if if his um, sort of importance on this team diminishes. Let's say TJ Warren comes back and is like pretty interesting, right? And Yuta, while not shooting 57% from three, but shoots... 40% from three, which would be very, very good. What, why are you doing Joe that? Harris why are you sandbagging you to like that? Dream. Dream big, Mike. <laughs> you, Joe becomes a guy that they're going to trade, basically. This all leads to like, he's that he has that big contract. He does. He is going to have some value around the rest of the league. And I don't know what this team could want. You know, people would argue you want a true, another true center here. Maybe you'd want like a legit point guard. A guy who can really handle the ball because I think that's something that this team is missing. Um, but basically, like we're veering in the territory of like a month from now, Joe Harris is traded mm. uh, because he's not shooting all that. But well. here's the other problem: like, is the rest of the league also watching this? I mean, is this a buy buy low kind of kind of moment that we maybe want to avoid? I don't know. I, I think it's. The team that's going to get him is going to be buying low, but there's still going to be value. People think there's value. I mean, Davis Berton's got traded last year. Um, my Wizards mm. traded Davis Berton. I will say he looks Mavericks. beefier this year. I will say he finally he finally got his chest. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty hard to there's be less. There's beefy. only one way but up for him. But yeah. he is one of the more insane body types very, in the NBA. Very narrow shoulders. I've often talked about very narrow shoulders, slender shoulders, but a large head. Yeah, big head, like a a T Rex level head. Yeah. On a very tiny, skinny, long body. Are you as worried about Joe as I am? Uh, I am worried? a little bit. I am honestly a little bit concerned. I will say that. Um, 
I don't know. I, I just don't like it when some when somebody like so I, I don't know anything about Joe Harris. I don't he, he seems to be a guy with dry spells though. And a guy with dry spells for me that suggests that there is um you know something going on between the ears where where that things and like if you combine that with like now I've got an injury, now everyone's like very much keyed into the fact that I'm, I'm underperforming relative to my contract. It's a recipe for trouble and I'm a little yeah. bit worried about it, yeah. He's got to get out of the dry spells, get into those wet dreams. You know? Nice. Nicely done. Thanks. Um, real quick, are you excited for TJ Ward? Yeah, super excited. I'm excited for what you is to, he gonna be on this to team? come back. Um, you know, here's the That's thing. That's what I wonder. Rotationally, I like, um, I hate to say it, but Cam is probably, you know, you know, we're gonna we're gonna ramp him up and those those minutes are gonna come from like the that like I don't know what he's playing, like six minutes a game now or like nine <laughs> minutes a game. Um, <laughs> like, he's playing he he is playing. He's been averaging sixteen, but I, that's like there's like I yeah. don't know if minutes per game or it's minutes not the per, right one. Yeah, yeah, because there's some games where he just doesn't play. Yeah, um, so I don't think it's factored in. Yeah, it's weird because like you know as much as Louis, there's like reasons to be excited about our deep bench, even though like our bench like when when we're actually playing feels. <laughs> feels like oh it's bench time um but there are certain players who like i think have um like some pretty good growth potential i mean obviously you and edmund sumner um i think you slip in tj instead of cam not that like tj is necessarily a growth project but he's like a i don't know are, are we is he reclamation territory yet or where are we going with tj warren like what are the expectations i mean he's certainly not a 20 point per game guy like he used to be but what is it just yeah, based I mean, on the opportunity, not his skill. I'm not saying. I'm I'm excited to see him play because obviously my memory of TJ Warren, he's in that class of like Jordan Clarkson, Jamal Crawford. He's not quite as shifty of a guard. He's more of, of course, a wing, but he's a bucket. He's, he's a he's bucket. Sean and, Kilpatrick. He's Alan Anderson. <laughs> I mean, <that's>, <laughs> no one's Alan Anderson. Yeah. Remember, there was a stretch where like Alan Anderson. Yeah, there was like a moment where it felt very real. <laughs> yeah. for Alan Anderson. Um, I'm what he is he going to be like? He's obviously going to come off the bench, of course. He is a very good shooter, though. He's never been a guy who's been a standstill three point shooting wing, bro. Yeah, maybe he has evolved into that via his absence from the game. Maybe there's a part of him that realizes I can't just be you know dribbling the ball a ton and putting up mid range jumpers. Maybe uh, you oh, don't. Gosh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's just dunking and flying yeah. all over the air. Um, I can say. I mean, I think the last last season that he played, and I can pull this up right now, but I think the last season that he played, he shot more threes than he ever had mm-hmm. uh, in his career. But um, he's going to slot into if he's actually good. Now he's only averaged like four threes a game, three threes a game, but on a good percentage. He could be interesting with Ben Simmons as like the bench unit duo. And and what he could provide is just the opportunity of like, hey, you have bench units. You don't need Kevin Durant and Kyrie out there all the time, right? You you can give a little bit more rest between those two and have those two play together. There's a possibility where there's those five minute stretches where it's let's let TJ go. Mm-hmm. Let's have him play off a couple of other guys, have shooters around him. And he's the focal point. Is that like too much? It's probably too much. It's probably too much to expect because he hasn't played basketball in about 15 years. Yeah. Um, I think the last time he played basketball was when I was still buying VHSs Whoa. at Sam Goody. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to imagine 
where his minutes are going to come from. I'm <laughs> weird that he's like, yeah, it's where he's debuting Friday and he plays like four minutes, which would have been Cam Thomas's four minutes. Let me ask you, I'm going to go through the list of the team. I'm, you tell me whether this guy should still be playing, getting minutes and who shouldn't. Okay. okay? Kevin Durant. Um, you give take me, a, give me a right? second. Give me, give me a minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, he, I think Katie should play. Kyrie. I, I know you so. hate, I know you hate Kyrie. Don't, but. don't do it. Royce O'Neal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons. Yep. Nick Claxton. Sure. Joe Harris. He may need a little rest. He may we may want to monitor the monitor the minutes. Okay. Seth Curry. Yes. Right. Yuda. Of course. Edmund. What do you think about does Edmund deserve a spot in the rotation? Edmund's a weird one because like he's a great I liked I thought our use of him in um the trailblazers game was perfect as just a as an as an affront to uh Kyrie Irving just be like hey here's here's what we, here's what'll happen if you call another audible Edmund Sumner minutes that's i just like it as like a um as a slap on the wrist is is Edmund Sumner comes comes in he's really the polar opposite of Kyrie yeah. Just all like go go go. So I don't need him his his minutes to be set in stone or anything like that. But like it is a fun way to just be like, yep, all right, summer summer time. You fucked up again. <laughs> yeah. The people that I didn't mention, and TJ Warren. I mean, we'll have to see. It's TBD on TJ mm-hmm. at this point. But the people I didn't talk about yet, Camp Thomas doesn't. Yeah. Patty doesn't. Or do you think he still has utility and like should be getting min mins? I like you know I like the pace that we have with Patty right now. I don't you know he comes in here and there, picks the spots, does does a lot of veteran just energy just around the court. You know, just a lot of veteran energy. He's he's in a perfect yeah. spot right now. This is this is the this is the moment for him. It's crazy to think about his usage this year compared to last. Where last it's year it felt like he was crazy. the second most important player yeah. on the team at times. And then it's Mark Keefe, Dayron, David Duke Jr., and Kessler Edwards. By the way, Raekwon Gray is crushing it with huge, the Long Island Nets. Huge nummies in Long Island. Is he the, is so he did Kessler future? Edwards, by the way, who, you know. Yeah, that shows you the quality that the G League has because he can't, he can, he's averaging 0.8 points per game for you. I mean, I always Nets. just go back to Toko Shangelia's just absolute, just yep. pure, sheer dominant. It was just like. How many Brooklyn games? It was Genghis Khan Toko over in, over, over in G League. <laughs> he had like it was just like 40, 15, and fifteen every night. Toko Shingelia. What is your favorite not real Nets player? So Toko Shingelia is one. Juan Pablo no, Valet. Sergey Karasev for me is is truly my favorite. Oh. Just the guy who could, he didn't want to quit cigarettes <laughs> to play in the NBA. That's a great. See, that's. The glory of having a bad basketball team, particularly that time in the internet, where like uh, like Juan Pablo Valet, like he was just a name that was on Nets Daily, yeah. as like existing as a player, and Bob would write about him scoring seventeen points in some sea level Argentinian basketball game, and you're yeah. like, he's coming. Hey, they've got an asset. Yeah, <laughs> look, we got the it's next five years asset. shored up. We just got to get out of this season. We. <laughs> I mean, how long was Rodion's Karuks on the Nets radar for the draft? Yeah. I mean, that was multi a multi-year saga mm. ending up to him finally getting here. Yeah. And he had he, he had was one of the few that games. actually could have cracked out. I mean, without without a couple of a couple of things went wrong, but you know, he was he was right there. He was right at the precipice. Um anything else before we no, Mike, I close think today's I've loved chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh Brian, you carried the show. 
You absolutely did. Mm. And I'm just happy to be along for the ride, you know? Appreciate you. Okay. Well, follow us on Twitter at bkglueguysnestle.com. YouTube, just jump on Glue Guys. Find us on YouTube. Subscribe. You're going to get all these shows. Um, it's super fun. It's just another way to interact with us. Mm. Yeah, you can write um, a comment on YouTube. That's yeah. that's engaging. And um, we just appreciate all of you. Hope you everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Okay. Bye, everybody.